Welcome to the latest episode of Cool Culture Corner. We discuss ways how we can better involve our teams for better productivity, better profits, and growth. I'm your host for Cool Culture Corner, Ken Bader, and I have a great guest today. His name is James Robolata. I almost want to say Robolita, but it's Robolata, and he's a certified speaking professional, author, coach, and improv comedian, and God knows I like that because I think that I'm a comedian, even though a lot of people tell me I'm not funny. Uh, but we're going to be talking about a lot of different things in terms of culture, specifically vulnerability in team building but james welcome to the show man ken my guy so excited to be here with you brother <laughs> not as excited as i am to have you i mean we we met briefly at the new media summit uh you had a lot of en energy plus you were damn funny too so i had to get you on the show we had to make it happen we, yeah. we were destined we were destined two charismatic gentlemen we were we were bound to found each other in a in a crowded ballroom who who are, who are they where, where, where are they <laughs> looking for <laughs> so yeah I, I haven't talked to you in practically a year uh almost to the day <laughs> yeah because you know here we are you know recording this in late march of 2021 uh the new media summit the last real new media summit i know steve puts on you know these virtual ones but the last real one uh was in san diego in march of 2020 and then you know the world fell apart what have you been doing since the world fell apart by the way james <laughs> you know hanging out Putting my finger in my belly button, pretty much that's about it, you know? No, I, <laughs> yeah. How much, how much lint have you found in that sucker? Strong amount, a strong yeah. amount. Yeah, yeah. Enough that I'm saving money on, uh, on drier stuff. Um, no, but, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, did you make yourself been... a sweater yet? Or, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly, exactly. I mean, I live in Minnesota, so the more sweaters, the better. Yeah, but, no uh... kidding. <laughs> No, brother. You know, it's it's interesting. I was that I was that guy right when right when quarantine and COVID hit. I was that annoying person in your social media that was like, "This is an opportunity. What an amazing moment!" Right? Like, when are we going to be given the gift of time like this again? And and so, like, I hit the ground running. I was doing a lot of. I wanted to doing. A, I wanted to serve the clients that I typically serve that I knew were hurting. I was like, "Hey, here's some." I started a free Thursday workshop sessions just around leadership and culture and uh, and also inclusiveness and things like that. And I started doing a bunch of things like that. And then I wound up doing a lot more virtual presentations. Right, got very friendly with Zoom and have done a lot of presentations in the virtual space, which is great because the internet is awfully quiet. <laughs> So you just make jokes and no one laughs. So it's yeah. been a long year of me questioning myself. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, my friend, I, I hear you on that one. Um. <laughs> but it's it's cool, man, because I, uh, I also, you know, we went to the New Media Summit and I was excited. I, I went to the New Media Summit as, as the idea of trying to get on more podcasts. <laughs> and here we are. Um, but I also. <laughs> Even a year later, you're still getting on podcasts. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. <laughs> That's it. It's a long burn. But uh, but I also I also got energizing and started my own podcast. So I started my own podcast called Diner Talks with James. And uh, and so yeah, it was, it was it was a cool it was a very cool uh, inspirational time out there in San Diego. Great. So so do you have to be in a diner to talk to you? Uh, yes. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. So I haven't filmed any episodes yet. But. Uh, <laughs> no. I'm, no. I'm like, you know, I mean, everything, you know, down here in California, I mean, you know, maybe you can go to a diner outside, but. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
that is the dream. It is the dream to eventually uh, get a media crew or a production crew and actually shoot it in diners. But, uh, you know, I think the best conversations we have in our lives all occur after the hour of 10 o'clock over milkshakes and pancakes and stuff like that. And so I'm trying to recreate those, those deep, vulnerable, hysterical late night conversations with the friends you never want to leave over food you probably shouldn't be eating. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, <laughs> well, if if this COVID thing ever ever ends, I'll maybe I'll get on a flight and go to Minnesota and, and have a diner meal with you. Uh, I'll come to you, man. We'll meet up. We'll meet up somewhere. I'm I'm down to meet in the middle. Yeah, you just want you just want an excuse to come to California is what you want. <laughs> but you caught me. You're you're either trying to escape the snow or escape the mosquitoes out there in Minnesota, uh, depending on the time of year. I grew up in Chicago. I know what it's like. But uh, let's get back to, before we go completely off the rails and turn this into. Yeah, what's a this show program. about anyway? No. Let's go back. To, let's go back to vulnerability and team building. You know, over the past year, you know, what have you seen in team building? You know, has it been almost impossible? Or have there been some things through Zoom and technology that we can use to, to still build teams? Yeah, I, th I think it's a mixed bag, right? I mean, no one has ever sent, uh, no one's ever said, oh, we built such a good team over email, right? Like, that's not a big thing. Like, oh, no, we got the best Slack channel team ever, uh, right? Like, that's, those aren't Yeah, that just doesn't things. happen. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it does not. But at the same time, What's been kind of cool is that, you know, with Zoom, we've been led into people's homes, right? And we've seen yeah. kids running by and we've seen dogs and we've seen plants or we've seen a movie poster and just these little bits of story have been kind of cool, right? Because before it was just, you know, you were the next person in the cube over or the office over or whomever that wore the same button down shirt every other day. And, and, and you know, we didn't, we didn't get to necessarily know each other's personalities. I mean, give or take a bobblehead or a photo of a kid or something like that. Right. And so it's been kind of fun that there's been a, a bit of humanity injected into the workplace. And I think with that humanity, I think it's also been injected a little bit of grace, right. Of like, Hey, we're all, trying to figure this out. And so whenever we let our guards down and just kind of open up ourselves up to the, the, the possibility and the humanity, I think, I think we kind of lean into each other just a little bit more, even though COVID has told us to not lean in to each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can lean in figuratively, just yeah. not, not, just, just not personally. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah, been yeah. interesting. Yeah. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's, it's interesting because yeah, Pre-COVID, I, um, I was completely anti-webinar, you know, mm -hmm. like, like you have done a lot of speaking, done a lot of training, you've done a lot of um, team building programs, you know, at organizations and in conference rooms with incredibly bad but expensive coffee. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, the webinar thing, you know, just never worked for me, you know, even though I did a number of them with a couple of different companies. But I found that through Zoom, where you could actually see somebody's freaking face, mm -hmm. you know, that while it isn't the same as being in, in person, 
this has actually been pretty darn close. Yeah, I could see your facial expression. I can, I can tell when I say a stupid joke that even if you don't laugh, you're smirking or wondering, well, what's this dumbass saying? Yeah, I could see those things, and I think that makes a, a, a real difference. It also makes a difference in, in team building, too, being able to see somebody's face. Yes. Yeah, 100%. I agree with you. And and I'm grateful when people have their cameras on. I also yeah. know that sometimes it's exhausting to have your camera on the whole time. It's, it's, it's weird to look at your own face for that many hours of the day. I don't have the self-esteem for that personally. But <laughs> I think, I think, but you're right though, Ken, it, it is, uh, it is a decent substitute. There are ways that we can still communicate. We can read body language at least a little bit. And it truly has been a way to kind of connect. And, you know, I think I've seen some, some teams have started to do something fun, whether it's a, a random dance break in the middle of the day or they're doing or they're doing like dress up, you know, every other Thursday and everybody comes in a weird costume or they're literally going back to elementary school and doing show and tell, right? Where yeah. it's just like there's been some interesting ways that people have been drawn to each other. and We've been able to learn about each other beyond just the, the titles on our business cards. Yeah. Well, to, to speak to vulnerability in team building, yeah, I think that you know, the, the screen you know, allows you to be vulnerable. Um, you know, mm. I, I refuse, um, well, refuse is too strong of a word. I don't like it to have even my podcast, and this one is just going to be audio for the most part, so people aren't seeing us. They're going to, to, to hear us on their favorite platform. Uh, but, you know, I, I tell all you folks is we're looking at each other right now uh, via screen. And I think that you know, while it's easy for me to just turn off the cameras and use the audio, I personally think that we lose something in the conversation by not being able to see, you know, my incredibly bald head or your unkempt beard. Yep, exactly. Yeah, where where would we be without those two things? <laughs> but but I think I think that that allows us to to be vulnerable. Um, in that, yeah, yeah, I haven't quite shaven, you know, yeah, you know, I am wearing a collared shirt, but yes, I am wearing sweatpants type of thing. You know, I I think that makes us more human or am I just, you know, completely nuts on that idea? (laughs) I think I completely agree. Uh, These little bits of humanity, right? And we, we often forget about the humanity of leadership, Mm -hmm. especially, especially in the midst of deadlines, obligations, and the numbers in Q3 and uh, right. And, and, and family pressures and, and, internal and, and financial or whatever it is, whatever we have going on, we forget about the humanity of leadership. And most of our conversations at work are very transactional and rarely transformational, right? And so if you were to take a, a, a wide swath of the conversations that you typically have within your office on a day-to-day basis, most of them are transactional. Where is this? How's this coming along? We need to work on this. Where, you know, what are the deadlines for this? As opposed to some of those moments where we're actually just taking a beat and being like, how are you doing? What's going on with you? And, or, or even even those transformational work conversations around feedback and that are, that are always awkward, but since they're awkward, they turn more transactional than transformational. And so this has been an opportunity for us to have some more of that because I don't know about you, Ken, but I've been lonely, right? Like this has been, like, I miss my friends. I miss my family. I miss my normal. And so these moments I cherish, I mean, whether, whether we were recording this or not, I would love to have a conversation with you like this just because 
the interaction matters, right? I, I miss people. And, and you knew this thing was getting too long when even the introverts were like, yeah, I could use a hug, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, it's, it's an excellent point in that people have, I don't have any kids. Fortunately, I'm, I'm married to a great wife, but she goes to an actual office every day, even in the land of COVID. Mm. And, you know, people have asked me, you know, don't you feel isolated because you're basically, you're, you're not doing any training in person. You're not going and traveling like you used to. And I said, you know what? I, I, I really don't. Uh, maybe I'm just blessed, but, you know, I run a number of podcasts and all of my training right from this little command center. I've got my home office. Um, and then when I'm done with that, talking to like, for instance, you know, this morning I was in Chicago. Now I'm in Minnesota. Um, later on, I'll be in Philadelphia, all from yeah. my little chair here in, in Long Beach, California. And then when I'm done with that, you know, my beautiful wife comes home and I get to talk to her. But I can only imagine how tough it would be for somebody who doesn't have a significant other and mm -hmm. isn't on Zoom all day, and it is, you know, uh, wants to isolate from COVID, how isolating that truly would be. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's pushing us even deeper into the corners. And, and that's why you're noticing such a huge shift and uptick in, uh, in mental health needs right now, right? I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty horrifying to see. Uh, I mean, I know I, I personally see a counselor. I believe we should all be talking to somebody, right? You don't, you don't get any extra credit if you do life alone. You don't get buried in some like sexier dirt or a, a more bedazzled urn if you did it on your own, right? Like there's no, there's no sure? heroes out here. Hmm? Are you sure? I was looking yeah. forward to that bedazzled urn. Yeah, I know. I know. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've seen your personalized license plate. Um, <laughs> Stay in Minnesota. Anyhow, continue. <laughs> <laughs> no, they think that many rhinestones on a license plate. Uh, <laughs> they keep falling off, damn it. <laughs> don't, don't make me go into a whole karaoke thing of rhinestone cowboy, all right? So go ahead. <laughs> I'll, I'll meet you there. I'm in. <laughs> We'll go both. We'll go both. Put something on with that has a lot of frills and leather, and we'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the uh, <laughs> uh, it is it is it, it's fascinating. I mean, even when I uh, when I tried to sign up with my counselor, I remember it took me two and a half months just to get an initial consult with her, and and just I mean that's where we're at right now. And you're noticing uh, a lot of people are feeling lonelier, and the patterns got broken and. When our patterns are break, are, are, when our patterns break, there is some beauty in it, right? Because it's hard to just like slowly pivot. You know, I, for example, I'm, I've been on a weight loss journey for about 38 years, and uh, and like because it takes, it, it's a big, it's yeah. a, it's a big ship, no pun intended. But it's yeah. one of those things where it's like, it, it's just it's hard to break a pattern, yeah. and COVID broke a lot of patterns, some that needed to be broken. A lot of us yeah. had traditions that we were doing for tradition's sake, but others that maybe didn't need to be broken. And now we're recognizing, oh, shoot, I actually kind of do like that job I've always said I hated and complained about. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it, in a lot of ways, whether you wanted to or not, um, certain habits or ways of doing business were just shattered. 
Um, yes. ha- having had a number of financial institutions as clients, yeah, they went year, for years and years and years trying to pleasantly and gently force people to online and other electronic means because it was going to be more efficient for the customer as well as cheaper for the financial institution. And they just had trouble doing it. And then all of a sudden COVID solved all that, you know, all these folks that, you know, wanted a, uh, an actual paper statement and wanted to go to a branch couldn't. And mm-hmm. now they had to learn all that stuff in the banks and credit unions are like, wow, this wasn't so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah all but, the switches we've had to make have been yeah. uh yeah been crazy and, and all the things that companies said they would never do that all of a sudden they're like oh yeah we figured it out in a couple of weeks and got it running right like it's it's fascinating um how resilient and beautiful how resilient many of us are um but it's also been very trying uh for sure yeah 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 well let's let's go back to to vulnerability and team building you know, especially looking at what's ahead. Um, yeah, I think that we're, we're going to have a mix of, of a number of things. There are some organizations that are bringing people back uh, mm-hmm. to an actual office or work environment, either because of need or because of want. Um, there are others that I know of that are saying, you know what, we work very well with 80% of our workforce working from home. So we're going to have some kind of hybrid of that and keep it at 50%. Yeah. How is that going to allow vulnerability in team building, you know, with, with these continued, some continued work at home and change and everything, what's vulnerability going to look like? You know, when I think of, when I think of vulnerability, particularly in the workplace, and first off, you know, it's fascinating because we often think vulnerability is such a weakness, right? But if vulnerability is such a weakness, and why is it so damn hard, right? Yeah. And when I think about vulnerability, particularly in team building, what I'm looking at is the old classic, the fish stinks from the head down. And so what it's going to take are leaders that are able to be real with each other. Uh, and be real with their people and like actually meet them where they're at as opposed to like, well, we got to get it done. We got to do this and we got to do that. And and just, just figure it out. We're all going to be fine. I got my stuff together. You get your stuff together, right? No, that's not the way humanity works out. It turns, it turns out. And, and so, so it's going to take leaders making concerted efforts to reach out to individuals and do check-ins, right? And just be yeah. like, how are you doing? What do you need right now? And, and how are things going? How can, how can we better help you? Um, and it's also going to take leaders making a really, this is going to be very hard. And I don't have a, a fortune. I don't have a, a magical silver bullet for it right now, but well, that's you're going to have end, end of interview. There's no magic bullet. Now a word from our sponsor, Beta Training and Consulting. Do you have a specific brand, culture, or strategy problem in your business? Maybe you know something's wrong, but you don't necessarily know exactly what the problem is. Well, BTC offers periodically 15-minute free strategy sessions. They're completely complimentary. We give you a tip that you can implement in your business that's going to help your brand, culture, or strategy in that 15-minute call. And it's not a 15-minute sales call. It is a deep dive into a specific issue that you may be having at your unique business. To schedule a 15-minute strategy session, go to www.btcinc.net 
and go to the contact us page. Simply put in your information and in the comments, all you need to do is put strategy session and we will contact you about scheduling your unique 15 minute strategy session to help your unique business. <laughs> you better no, wait, come no. up with a magic bullet, Robolata. No. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this man in my house? Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> but like, I mean, first off, it's really hard to build teams over Zoom, but at least everybody's right there. But now you have to build a, a team over some people are here together and spending time and seeing each other at the water cooler versus some people are still remote and trying to, it's, it's complicated to have a mixed, uh, a mixed team. And so ultimately, we know that assuming as leaders is never really the best answer because ultimately we as humans try to fix problems the way we think problems should be fixed, not the way others should want, would want them fixed. And so leaders need to take a little bit of time up top to learn about people's communication styles, confrontation styles, and also appreciation styles, right? Like throw out the classic Gary Chapman five love languages right now, right? Like how do people like to be appreciated? Um, if we want individuals to hang out, then we have to recognize that appreciation leads to retention. Mm -hmm. And so what are those moments of those conversations that we're having up top, as opposed to the leader just guessing of like, well, I don't know, here's, here's a, here's a chocolate bunny. Here's a, here's a, <laughs> I don't know, whatever, what do people pass out these days, right? Like, here's a gift, here's a gift, or here's a, a that, right? Like learning some of those things of what motivates individuals are going to be really important as we strive to build those teams, but it's going to take vulnerability on the leader's part to be like, I don't have the answers right now. And that's okay. I'm willing to get them and telling their team, we don't have the answers right now, but that's okay. As long as we keep communicating about it and asking questions, then we will get there. Um, but it's when people start to get into assuming because they got deadlines and they got all this other stuff. They're just trying to put band-aids uh, on leaky pipes. It's not, it's not going to work. Yeah. You know, as you were talking, it, it led me to a thought um, it, of the old Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mm. And it's, it's one, of, one of those books that I continually go back to. Um, it's not as good as the one I wrote, but it's, 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 it's up there. Sure, um, yeah. He yeah. says, That's what I've heard. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure, from, especially from a lot of people in Minnesota. Um, but one of the one of the things that I I I took from Covey's teachings is that that hard is easy and soft is easy. That the two extremes are actually very easy, especially the hard. It's not it's not hard to be hard. Yeah. You're you're just simply this is the way we're doing it. Period. Yeah. And if you don't like it, then go work someplace else. And this is how it is that, yep. that, that hard is actually very easy. You're just hard with everything. Um, and soft, as I've seen with, with one of my clients, uh, who unfortunately is no longer a client because their culture basically fell apart, that soft was easy. You can't let everybody just do whatever they want and run around. Um, that what's really hard is finding that needle somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And, and being able to, as a leader, be vulnerable enough to, to say, hey, I don't have all the answers, but let's bring this together to find the answers together. And as employees, too, to not be so 
uh, unopened to, to not be closed off, say, Hey, I'm just here for a paycheck or, Hey, you're the boss, but just to open up and say, yeah, this is what I want. This is what I like. This is what I think. And to be vulnerable enough to offer that, even though somebody may not agree with you, is, is there something there or am I going off the rails again? I can't, that was a very astute point. I think it was, it was very well articulated. You know, I think about those two extremes that you were talking about hard and soft, the way I often think about it, it's like the stereotypical boss, right? It's like on the hard side of things. And, and these are the individuals that often don't have a lot of personal relationships with people. They, they intentionally create a lot of separation. They love themselves yeah. a hierarchy, right? And those individuals care more about team performance than team dynamics, right? And then on the other side of the spectrum is, is kind of where I was initially as, as a supervisor, where I was on the friend side of it, where I, I had more personal relationships. I knew a lot about them. They knew a lot about me. And I was, and I thought I was like, oh, that's where, that's where great leadership lies is when we can really kind of find that, that idea of like between that, that melding the line between between friend and supervisor, but it gets muddy over there. I wound up getting walked on a lot. And, uh, and so, but you know, people on the friend side of it care more about team dynamics and they care about team performance. But like you said, finding that balance, great leaders recognize that team performance equals great team dynamics, right? And great team dynamics equals team performance. They, they have to dance together. There's gotta be a bit of a mix for sure. Uh, but that, yeah, it's, it's a tough balance to strike. Cause like you said, the polls and like Covey said, the, the polls are easier yeah. for sure. Yeah. And I think that, and I had one of those bosses very early on um, who was basically my, not only my direct boss, but somewhat of a mentor from my very first management job. And, and he had that approach of don't joke, don't get too close to people, have that separation. And not only did I not understand it then, and frankly, not completely follow <laughs> it, and I'm glad I didn't. Um, you know, I, I, I don't agree with it now either. And, you know, will, will there be some people that take advantage of it? Yeah, possibly. Um, but if you're always looking for that middle needle, you, you're, they're not going to take too much advantage of you because you're going to notice it and yeah. you're going you're gonna to put a stop to it. And also, you know, I found, you know, in, in being vulnerable myself, yeah, saying, hey, you know what? I screwed up. I, I don't have all the answers. And building mm -hmm. those personal relationships that at times when I just needed something done, you know, when I had to say, you know what? This just simply needs to be done. You know, mm -hmm. I, I built the trust with you. I could spend two hours explaining why. I understand you don't want to do it, but this just needs to be done. Can you just get it the hell done? Yeah. And nine times out of 10, it got done. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, because we, you built that relationship yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think, too, you know, as, as difficult as it may be in whatever, you know, all these buzzwords, pivot, which I can't stand, new normal, <laughs> which is even worse, or, uh, you know, adapt. Unprecedented. Unprecedented. <laughs> yeah, you know, all that crap. You know, you can, you can build your own thesaurus from all the buzzwords that we created during this insanity. Um, but I, I do believe that, you know, the one-on-one -on -one relationships, whether, you know, it's a couple guys talking like we are over technology, um, or two people actually talking at a coffee pot in an office, uh, all that still works even today. Yeah. 
100%. I mean, the, the difference between small talk and uh, meaningful conversation is a great question, mm-hmm. right? And so oftentimes in those moments, whether it's here in Zoom, whether it's in a, in a, in a one-on-one or a one-to-one or, or at the coffee thing, like we can, we can shift the way that we talk each other, talk to each other just by asking a cooler question, right? Yeah. And so, and, and that's what I love about, you know, you're talking about building great cultures at work and, and whatnot. I mean, that's sometimes, that's what the leader's job is, right? The leader's job is to ask cool questions, but also to share, like you were just saying, I love, I love what you mentioned where you said, yeah, you know, I did mess up this one time, or here's a time where I slipped or struggled. That's authentic leadership at its yeah. core, right? It's that exact, it's that exact moment because what you're creating is a culture that says, hey, this is a place where you can try, fail, win, uh, you know, and, and you will be fine. We're going to make it through. I have pushed through. You are going to push through, right? Yeah. That's the power of leading with relatability, right? When we see ourselves in somebody else, we believe that we can. And if you are sharing those things as a leader of like, yeah, here's a time where I slipped and struggled. Um, and, and here's what I did to correct it. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. A lot of times, when we hear vulnerability, we get scared. And we think that means we're like supposed to walk into our next meeting, be like, everybody, I got something to say. <laughs> right? No. Right? Like, <laughs> it's not, yeah, sure, that is, could be vulnerability, yeah. but technically vulnerability, you know, and when used effectively, the, I guess the, the cliche phrase that is said is that you teach from your scars, not your wounds, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. so that, that applies here as well, right? When you're giving feedback to somebody, incorporate a little of your story in there first to be like, hey, I've been there and I didn't recognize the ripple effect that I was going to have, right? And so I see you and now this ripple effect's having and like, that sucks that you're there, but you know, we got to work on not doing it again. So let's talk about it, right? Yeah. Those moments of approaching each other with a little humanity, a little humility, grace is is what we're talking about here. That's how you build cultures of people that want to stay, want to get creative and innovate because they know it's not a place where they're going to constantly be scolded. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with you 100% and I think the the big word that you just said is humanity is human. Mm. Um, I think that, that bosses leaders need to look human um, and not just be in a particular ivory tower um, you know, to know that, you know, Hey, they're on zoom with you in yoga pants mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and to be able to make that connection. And I think that, that given all of the crap that we've been through, whether it is COVID, whether it's the divisiveness, whether it's unrest or what have you, I think that the solution, especially in business cultures, is knowing that, hey, it's just one, it's just one human talking to another, whether we're leveraging technology to do it or doing it in person. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And that was beautifully put. A really yeah. beautiful place. Well, I'm yeah. a beautiful man, you know. So. Well, I mean, you know, the shoe fits and <laughs> <Yeah>. it fits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm wearing slippers too, by the way. That's it. Yeah. Glass uh, ones, and, right, Cinderella? They, they, fit, uh, <laughs> they fit now. They're not glass, but they fit really nice. They're pretty comfy right now. Um, but uh, yeah, to, to, to that point, I do want to point out to uh, my 
uh, to my listening audience, since we're, we're not on camera for, for Cool Culture Corner, is, is James has a Black Lives Matter picture behind him, and I'm wearing a pro-law enforcement shirt, and, and, and we're getting along fine. <laughs> it turns out you can exist. Yeah, yeah. go figure. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, how, how's that for vulnerability? <laughs> right, a little bit. But yeah, but it, yeah. I mean, this is the thing is that we think the gap between those two things is light years apart. And it's not, right? This is where vulnerability right. happens also. Um, and, and it's something that's hurting us right now is that we as a society are more interested in being right than what is right. Mm -hmm. And so vulnerability is not just in what we share, it's also how we listen right? Because you have life experiences that I don't know about. I have life experiences that you don't know about uh, and, and whatnot. And, and it's in the moment where we decide to listen and listen. Sometimes we need to listen with the intent of, or not with the intent, we have to listen with the idea that maybe we're wrong, right? Or maybe we don't know the whole picture. If we were able to do that as humanity, we would have way more productive conversations with each other. There would be way less all the way to the right and all the way to the left and that bullshit. Sorry, my left <laughs> curse. I did anyway. No, um, fine. But... <laughs> I won't even edit it out. We'll, we'll leave that bullshit in. Can, right? can because we... it is right. I mean, it, it truly is. Uh, and, and so uh, we have stopped listening to each other. Instead, we're just, it's because again, it's easy to live at the polls. It's easy to make yeah. assumptions about the other side. It is harder to learn about maybe somebody's life experience that they're telling you about that is so much different than yours is real. Yeah. Right. I didn't grow up that way. So that's not my lens. I didn't, you know, I know how I grew up. I know what I saw growing up and, and whatnot. And so like the fact that you're telling me this is how you grew up and this is how you've been treated. There's no possible way. Cause I've never had an experience like that right. in my life. Or if we listened with, well, what if, what if that's true, then how would I feel about it? right? I grew up with law enforcement in my family. My grandfather was the second in command of the NYPD before he retired, brought down son of Sam, was there for the Harlem riots, the subway fires, got pictures in the house, shaking hands with Jimmy, Jimmy Carter, right? And so like, yeah, I respect the heck out of law enforcement. And so let's have the conversation yeah. about it. I don't think these things are mutually exclusive. Yeah, I completely. Sorry, I got in a rant. <laughs> no, I. You know what? I I use I use that line all the time that being pro change and pro law enforcement, you know, aren't mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. um, that you can be both. Um, and yeah, I think that when you were talking about listening, I think a lot of times we hear, but we don't necessarily listen. We, we hear with the intent of we're coming up with our counterpoint in our Loading mind while, yeah. while we're hearing yeah. rather than just simply listening. Uh, and I think that's whether, whether it's the, the culture of society or culture and business, yeah, that's an important tactic. Uh, or skill, I should say, that, that you really need to, to develop in this time of ridiculous divisiveness is to be able to truly listen. And, and, maybe, and maybe the answer is just simply, all right, you're entitled to your opinion and I disagree. Um, let's move on and let's get some work done. 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, other, otherwise, you know, sometimes, you know, you really do find some, some common ground and I actually find more of the latter than, than the former, but with, with all of this, and maybe we could begin to wrap this up on, on vulnerability and team building. Uh, what, what is the number one tip that you give out there for building a vulnerable team that continues to grow within itself? For me, I think the number one tip is that, um, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, where it's how are you using your story and your experiences to lead? Yeah. Um, and, and not just, oh, I have them all tucked away and now I will act accordingly, but I'm actually using them as a teaching tool for others, yeah. where I am, I am creating this idea of, yes, we have hierarchy, but there is, the gaps aren't as big. And so let me share a story, you know, around, again, the way I call it courageous feedback, because a lot of times when we give feedback, we just want to tell people what they're doing wrong. But like I mentioned before, if we're able to tell a little bit of a story up top, um, that that's bringing us a little bit closer together. That's saying, hey, fellow human being, I too am a human being, just happen to be a little more seasoned, got a few more years and maybe a different title than you. Um, but ultimately, we got to meet. Uh, we have to have this conversation. And so I think that's where that's where vulnerability happens. I yeah. think also... Uh, I think also it's recognizing that uh, it's recognizing that we as humans can't learn things from people who are perfect. We can only learn things from people who are imperfect. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes we see leaders trying to take the easy way out or just being like, well, this is what's going on. And this is what the book says. And, bop, 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 bop. and that's, that's not, there's no growth that's happening there. Right. Yeah. That's not how I didn't. <laughs> we, none of us had any growth when our when our parents used to tell us, uh, I'm disappointed in you. Right. We just felt <laughs> shame. I didn't change my actions. I just felt like I was a terrible person. Right. And so now. Right? <laughs> so I, I didn't get the whole I'm disappointed in you. I just got slapped and say, you know what? You're being a pain in the ass again. Go to your room. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Shy Town. <laughs> Parenting in Chicago 101. There it is. 70. There it is. <laughs> Tune into uh, Ken's next podcast, yeah. uh, Parenting in Chicago 101. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reason number 522 why I never had kids. Uh, but <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love what you said. In fact, I'm going to, to steal that tip and, and not give you credit for it. Um, on, <laughs> on basically storytelling and leadership. Um, I never thought of it this way, but yeah, one in sales training that I've done in the past, I've always talked about the value of stories mm. and, and using stories to connect with, with prospects. Uh, and even, you know, 20 some year old salespeople, I always said, you're going to have to find a legitimate story, <laughs> uh, you know, in order to be able to connect with people. And I've always felt that, you know, your first customer that you're selling or marketing to are your employees. And that's, mm -hmm. this is just an extension of that is, yeah. you know, your storytelling to your employees in order to make a connection. 100%. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's, you're right. I mean, that's, that's where, that's where you find the connection for sure. Yeah. Right. And it goes, you know, it's back to, 
you know, when we think about asking better questions, I think great leaders ask another question yeah. instead of just immediately jumping in, right? Ask another question before you, right? We're right before you're about to give advice, maybe ask one more question, even yeah. if it's tell me more about that, right? Um, but that just to get a little bit more information before we just assume and go, right? And that's what I, I love about what you were just sharing as well there um, is, is there's, there's so much power um, in that curiosity, right? And the curiosity that stories bring about um, in each other and the level of care um, when we tell stories and stuff like that. I think it's, uh, I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll give credit to my wife who is a much better leader than I am. Um, and I could be pretty hard headed sometimes. And instead of coming with force right at me, she'll just simply ask a question and say, well, you know, why do you feel that way? Or how does that work for you in this situation? And it, it always does two things. One, it kind of calms me down and makes me think. Mm -hmm. And two, because I know what she's doing. I'm like, ah, oh, she did it again. <laughs> Who invited you? <laughs> Anyhow, be that as it may, I could talk to you for at least another hour, but uh, I know we both have other things to do and, and great advice to give other people, hopefully, probably more you than me. Uh, but the last question I have for you is how can our audience find you out there if they they need a team builder, they need a speaker, they, they just need some comic relief? How can they find a James Robolata out there? Yeah, absolutely, brother. Uh, and I can't thank you enough for having me on here. This is such, this is such a great show. It's, it's an honor to be here. Uh, and I'm glad. Well, well worth the wait uh, <laughs> as well, as well. Uh, but seriously, man, thank you. You're great to have a conversation with. Um, so yeah, I'm James T. Robo all over the internet. That's R-O-B-O. -O. Uh, James T. Robo on, on social media, jamestrobo.com. James at James T. Robo is the email address. And, uh, you know, we're nothing if we're not branded. Am I right? So, but yeah, that's, exactly. those are all the places uh, where you can catch up with me uh, and feel free to message me on, on LinkedIn or if you're Instagram, DM, whatever, whatever you do, um, we, let's connect. I would love to see if I can help out your team. Um, and if you like podcasts, check out Diner Talks with James, available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Perfect. I, if, not, if nothing else, definitely check out that podcast because I'm going to be checking it out real soon. Uh, but James, the pleasure was all mine, man. Loved having you on. So special being here, brother. Thank you. And thank you for what you're doing, man. You're really affecting uh, the way team building looks like out here. And that, it's awesome. My pleasure. My pleasure. Great to have another great guest. And most importantly, thank all of you for listening to this episode of Cool Culture Corner. And here's hoping that you have a Cool Culture Corner at your unique business. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you're looking for a speaker on branding the experience, workplace culture, or on business strategy. I have a number of different options for you, and my approach is always to entertain first, engage second, and educate third. It's a formula that leaves my audience not only laughing and enjoying, but also learning. So if you want a great speaker on branding, culture building, or strategy, I'd like to hear from you. Simply send me an email at kbator, B-A-T-O-R, at B-T-C, inc.net or to learn more about the presentations that I've done that have been successful in the past go to www.btcinc.net